The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgressions, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself. Let you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone talks, he is some. So if for if anyone thinks. He is something. When he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have, for each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever he, forever one sows, that will, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season will we, if we do not give up, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Galatians 6, 1 through 10. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Grace City. I thank you for Randall and his family and his move out here and his trust in just uh, what you had planned for him. I pray that you'd speak through him today, uh, open our hearts, our minds, just to receive those words that he's saying, um, to take a look at where we are at life and um, just what this church really is doing in ours. Be with us today, uh, bless our week ahead, and uh, thank you again for this family we have here. And we pray, amen. Thanks, Justin. Good morning. All right. Well, if you're new today, welcome to Grace City. Uh, my name is Randall, and I'm excited about this morning, uh, Vision Sunday. Uh, this is a different Sunday than most of our normal Sundays. Um, if you're new with us, we're, we've been going through the book of John, and so we're going to be back in the book of John next week, starting our, our series, uh, All Things New. But uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, what God has done in Grace City and what we believe that God is leading us to uh, next. And uh, our text for today is Galatians 6, 1 through 10. And the message title is Marathon, Not a Sprint. Uh, Now, one of the things that I'm training for right now is a half marathon. Now, the, the, the longest that I've done is a 5K. It's not that long. And so right now I am training for, I was just talking to one of my friends last night. He's like, yeah, I'm training right now for like a hundred mile uh, run. I'm like, what? I'm training for like a 13 one and I'm like dying here. A hundred miles. But, um, you know, I'm I'm currently training for this um, because I believe this is something that I can really learn from. I can really push through it and learn from it. And one of the things that I'm learning uh, just as I'm training is that it's easy to start going really fast when you should be slower, right? Like you, you want to speed up and what happens is your energy gets zapped because you're running so fast and then you're out of breath and, and you should have been running slower than you were. And as we were starting Grace City, I remember I was journaling one day and, and, and one of the things that I, I believe the Lord pressed on my heart was this, uh, when things speed up, slow down. And so today is an opportunity to kind of slow down, see where we're at, ask the Lord, okay, God, where do you want us to go and what's next? 
because that's what this is about. This isn't about going our pace. Our pace is we want to go faster. We want to go uh, stronger. We want to go like, okay, this is, this is mine. But we want to slow down and say, okay, God, we want to go your pace. What does this look like to be on your track? And how do we live lives like that? See, because God has a bigger vision for Grace City than, than what we could imagine. But more than that, he's got a vision for your life. And you won't reach that vision unless you're listening, unless you're praying, unless you're asking God, okay, what is next? You're going to get stressed out. You're going to want to give up. See, the thing about today's text is it's real. It's real. Because one of the things that the Apostle Paul says is do not give up. Don't give up. Don't you feel like so many times it's just easy to give up when things get difficult or hard? I know I do. See, we want to be a church and a people formed and shaped by Jesus who follow Jesus and do it on his strength. Our vision for Grace City, just the overarching vision is to be a church for a city that seeks new life in Jesus. And what that means is we are not a church here for ourselves, but we are a church for others. We're a church for outside of these walls. It's not just a Sunday service, but we are a people on mission. And so our mission is to equip you with the gospel for everyday life. That is our mission. And so right outside, you're going to see a resource table. That's a part of resourcing you. We have teachings uh, that, that, that come through Grace City. That's for you. We want to equip you for everyday life. Right? There are blogs that are written about everyday life. If Christianity and your faith does not meet your everyday life, it's not worth anything. And so Jesus equips us for everyday life because that's what we face on a daily basis. And today's message is really about why we exist. And I got to tell you this. We are only here because of God. There's no way that we could be doing this other than God. And we believe that Grace City was in God's heart before it was in my heart or anybody else's heart. See, this isn't about me or anybody else. This is about God. And we exist because we believe that God designed the church not as a social club, which exists for itself, but as a place for people from all walks of life, hurting, broken people that need a place to call home. We exist because we believe that new life is possible for anyone, no matter how far you've run from Jesus, no, how to, no, no matter how beaten down and rejected you feel. This is a place you can call home because of him. And so before I go into the rest of today's message, I need to pray. And I need to ask for his help and guidance and that we're in alignment with what he wants for today. And so let's pray. God, we pause. We stop. And we ask for your vision, God, your direction for your church. Lord, we are humbled to be a part of this. And I pray that today we walk out of here excited about what you're doing, God, and the direction you're taking us in our lives personally and as this church. 
God, whatever you want me to say, I'm ready. Whatever you want me to do, I'm ready. I pray that that's our hearts today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're new, this is a, a really important message that hopefully you get a picture of who we are as a church and the direction we're, we're going. If you've been with us for a while, I, I hope this is an encouragement to you to, to really reflect and kind of cherish where, where we've been and to soak in what God has done, but also be motivated for what he wants to continue to do through us. Um, today, while talking about vision, I, I want to be clear. Uh, vision is God's. And uh, for us, we are, we are a gospel-centered church. And so what that means is that we believe that Jesus is at the center of this. Like, I'm not going to preach the Bible in a way where it tells you, okay, you got to go fix your life. I'm just not going to do it. But in every way, we believe that it's Jesus who's the healer. It's Jesus who gives us the power. It's Jesus who gives us the restoration. And so you're going to hear me uh, preach that every week in any t- teaching that we put out there. It's going to be him. It's going to be the gospel. Good news. Um, and, and so we want to be a Jesus-loving, glor- God-glorifying church. We believe that Jesus is the hero. We, we submit to his word. So we believe this is the word of God. Um, and our hope is to be a powerful movement of God through this city for the good of uh, this city and for the world. Now, right now, as high as 97% would in our area, don't believe in Jesus, okay? And so, for us, we, we live in one of the most influential cities in the world, San Diego. But we also live in one of the most influential parts of the city. And that's important. We have over 30,000 uh, university students. Some students are here today um, that are about to start school very soon. On top of that, many young professionals, families right here in our our neighborhood, uh, many students, young professionals and families, these families are going to be a part of making decisions that help shape your future and my future. That's what we're living in right now. Um, It's it's what Malcolm Gladwell talks about in his book, Outliers. He says that um, when he talks about Bill Gates, when he talks about the Beatles, when he talks about any of the people that he throws out there in this book, he says, they lived in a certain time and place, and it was extremely important. You live in an extremely important time and place. God has strategically placed you here. He's given you purpose in your life. And so right now, you're sitting here on August 28th, 2016. That matters. And when I'm talking about this 97%, and and really the, the, the shape of our city right now, how is that going to change? One of the ways we believe that, that that's going to change is through new churches, church plants. Um, there's been studies, dozens of studies that have been done that talk about average congregations. And it says that the new congregation reaches six to eight times more people than an older congregation does. This is why leading uh, missiologist Peter Wagner says, planting new churches is the most effective evangelistic methodology known under heaven. That's why we're here. I remember sitting, uh, praying and saying, God, I, I don't think I'm a church planter. But then I started to read through the book of Acts. 
And I started to see what, what God was doing in the movement that was happening all through the book of Acts and churches being planted throughout the world. And today that same methodology is still at work. God is doing something new. God is doing something different in our city and he planted us here right now. See, we may say, well, that's nice, Randall. That's good. You believe in the gospel. You believe Jesus. Like all that stuff. But why is this message so important? Why does this message have to go outside of these walls? I can't convince you today of the importance of the gospel. But as depression skyrockets in our city, as stress and overwork kills more Americans every day, and as the direction of our country becomes more and more uncertain, the message of the gospel becomes even more crucial. That's why in Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Do you believe that? See, the gospel message is a message of hope. It's a message for the broken and weary. It's a message about how God pursues and wants to save sinful, rebellious people. It's about the work of Jesus and how we can have a new life in him, no strings attached. It's not about doing rigorous religious rituals, but it's about listening to his voice. See, it's a message understanding that God is a God of grace, that no matter how far you've run, he is lovingly pursuing you. People need to hear that. The gospel matters. See, who's popping in your mind right now if, if they only knew? matters. See, 1 John 4.10 says, and this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and has sent his son to be the propitiation for us, the payment. And so with that word propitiation, don't let that scare you. Basically what it means is like he took the punishment, but he wants to bless you. He wants to honor you. He wants to let you to know that you're his child because of what Jesus has done. He bridged the gap. He made a way. There's no more separation between us and God because of what Jesus has done. The gospel matters. And today we're gonna study through a short passage uh, from Galatians that points us to the gospel and informs us about the vision of where we're going and who we are as a church. Now up to this point, since starting Grace City last October, God has changed lives. Now 14 people, today 15, we baptized into Jesus since we've started last October. So we're not even a year old yet, praise God. People every week are experiencing spiritual growth. There are 45 people that have plugged into serving and, and there are people who are understanding that their lives are not just in this space, but outside they can be a light for Jesus outside of here. See, that's really what we want at the, at the end of the day is to know that your life matters and you're being sent out of this place to be a light. No matter what God's called you to be, no matter what he's called you to do, it's not just pastors and people up here up front like doing all this. It's everyday people doing everyday things that can be a light for Jesus. We're seeing God change our city. Over this past year, over 200 backpacks have been donated to this school and to schools in UC. Over $4,000 was given at Christmas time for gifts for kids in our area. 
that couldn't have, couldn't have had Christmas otherwise. We've served shoulder to shoulder with leaders in our local community at events. They know who we are. We started a kids camp this past year that served over 70 kids and over 50 families. It's an amazing week. God has linked us with partnerships with UCSD InterVarsity, Teen Challenge San Diego, Young Life, YWAM, Compassion International. City groups are starting. As we've seen five groups have started since this past February. We're praying that God will start more in our area because we want to see those city groups be a light to the neighborhoods that they're planted in. A light, make a difference, love their community. God has provided financially for us. Both Billy and I raised support to be on staff at Grace City. We've raised money from the beginning from outside people. There are people that are giving towards this mission every week. We would not be able to be here if it wasn't for those partners. But they love Jesus and they want to see more people in San Diego know and love Jesus. And here's the cool part. The local offerings each month have gone up from Grace City, and we are at 50% of operating expenses. And here's the prayer. By the end of next year, that we are not needing to run, raise funds, outside support, to be able to operate Grace City Church. That's what, that's what we're praying for. 100% funded. We are going as a church. God has given us a heart for church planting. And here's the thing, we don't just talk about it, we're in it right now. See, each month we are giving away 10% of our budget toward planting more churches in San Diego with our planting uh, church partners, uh, Momentum Christian Church and Rise City Church. See, we didn't just start our, our ourselves, but there are people who had a vision and said, man, we want to plant more churches. And so there was something called the 10-10-10 plan. And we are the third church out of the 10 that we're praying that God will plant in the next 10 years. And so we're praying for big vision, for God to do things. And see, here's the thing. We are locked in right now on planting um, multiple international churches in Ecuador and around the world by the end of this year, along with Rise City Church. And so for us right now, here's, here's what we're doing. We are praying, this is a God-sized vision, we are praying that we will be a part of planting a church in Ecuador. Right now, we don't, we don't have an international mission. There's a reason, because we need to learn to love our neighbors first. We need to learn to love the people around us before we start exporting it somewhere else. But right now, what we're praying is that God is gonna use us to plant a church in Ecuador with Stadia and Compassion International. Here's why. Because there are kids in that village in Ecuador that we wanna be the ones to support. We can, we can be a part of the support system here and we can support those kids on a monthly basis through Compassion International, but we can also go over there and visit them on trips. This is about relationships. It's not about just sending money places, but saying we wanna be invested in this. See, God is doing something not just here, but globally. We get to be a part of it. See, I got to go on a vision trip this past um, January with Compassion International, and I got to see some of the villages that they're making an impact on, and I'm telling you, I have never been a, seen a mission as passionate about Jesus and it being about Jesus and the difference they're making in, in kids' lives. They are making huge differences in kids' lives all over the world. And so when I got to walk through some of the villages, see the way some of the kids are living, 
the conditions, the poverty that families are living in, and the difference that's being made because of the gospel. Oh, man, it was powerful. It came back. I showed my six-year-old son the pictures. I said, son, I want you to be invested in this. So that day we signed up for a compassion child and, and Christian is his compassion child. He's a six-year-old boy, same age as him. And he, we are partnering with Christian and, and my son is learning that it's more than just about him. It's more than just about Grace City Church. We are about seeing the gospel change lives. So we're just getting started And in today's text, there's an encouragement to keep going forward, to keep moving forward, because through it all, we learn that life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. We're running a marathon right now, guys. And uh, Galatians 6, 1 through 10, in our text, um, what you're going to find is that all through the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul talks about the gospel and how it informs and empowers our lives. And the Bible is realistic about life, right? Right? It's not this abstract thing. And so what we find is today's text, he says, you will have relational tensions and issues in life. You will be tempted. You will have prideful moments. You will want to give up. Aren't you you thankful that the Bible isn't like just glossing over things and everything is awesome, right? Like the movie's great. Like Lego movie is great. Everything is awesome. Everything is not awesome. It's not as it should be. The Bible's real about stuff. And so today we get to work through that and, and see how the gospel really motivates us and pushes us to lean on God and to lean on the truth. So how do we keep moving forward today? Well, there are three ways to keep moving forward that I want to give you today. And here's the things that we need as Grace City Church to keep moving forward. And I'm going to give you all three up front if you're taking notes. The first one is gospel community. Second is gospel motivation. And the third is gospel growth. Gospel community, gospel motivation, gospel growth. And so the first one, gospel community. Uh, verses one and two. Uh, let, let's look at what this says. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's this saying? What this is saying is that relationships don't have to be held together by your power, your strength, but can be held together by God. God can be the one who helps shape and form the way that you and I do relationships. See, and there's a transparency and realness in these verses that we need. The gospel tells us that we are uh, really like, we don't have it all together. And so the warnings are, are true, right? Like, okay, you're going to find friends that are going to get caught in trespasses. They're going to be friends that get caught up in sins. That's a part of it. Don't be surprised by it. And he says, don't be surprised to catch yourself getting tempted to be caught up in sin as well. Like, right, and the way he says is to gently correct one another. Let's be honest, the way that the world approaches relationships, the way the world approaches correcting others is not in gentleness. 
again, like, I don't know how long we're gonna be on this lofty thing and like, you know, like w- with his lying and exaggerating and whatever he wants to call it. What does it look like to restore that man in a relationship? Because the world wants to bash him and bash him and bash him and bash him, right? When you make a mistake, there's not much grace. But what we find in the gospel is that Jesus says, I don't treat you that way, and that's not how we treat one another. He says, this is a spirit of gentleness. And so the way that it talks about sin is not that it's like this thing that, um, the way that we, we view sin a lot of the times is like um, a splinter. Like, I gotta get it out of me, you know, I gotta get it out of my life or something like that. Um, but the way that the, the, the word is translated here when it talks about um, sin, falling into sin, and like um, just the, the, the way that it's, it says to restore somebody, it, it's talking about like restoring, a, like putting a broken bone back into place. And so the way it's done is gently. You don't just, ah, you know, you don't want to do, do one of those. But it's gently putting it back together and letting it heal. So that takes time. And the way that, the, the, that we think about, like, sin is like, oh, man, what's just this thing you just got to get out of the person. But no, it's, it's something that was a good thing that was misaligned. Right, like, what, what's the misalignment in your life? Like, God made us good, like, but then the fall came, right? And so misalignment happened all through our world. And, and what it's saying here is, like, in a gospel community, you can find people that are going to come alongside you and not break the bone more, but they're going to be there to stitch it up and, and help it come together so that it starts to heal right. And it's done gently, lovingly, respectfully. And as Grace City Church, if we're not that type of people, then we're missing the gospel. We're missing the spirit. Because the way that he's talking about it, he says, you who are spiritual should be the ones who do this. Now, is this a call to all the holier-than-thou people out there? If you're holier than thou and, and you make, you know, you have no sin in your life, then you're the one to go and tell people, uh, you know, the transgressions that they've done. No. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you are a spirit-filled person. And that is your qualification. And this isn't going up and catching people and saying, oh, you're wrong and this and this and this. It says, but this is a person who's like, you see their life spiraling and you want to help them. Like at the heart of gospel community is a people who are coming together and saying, man, I see you going down this path and I love you. And I care about you enough to tell you the truth. See, we don't live in a world right now filled with truth and willing to, to say, hey, I, I see something in you or maybe you could be better if this happened or, or any of these things or I'm gonna be praying for you, I'm gonna be with you in this, I'm gonna help restore the misalignment in your life. We don't see that. In his book, uh, Vanishing Neighbor, a man named Mark Dunkelman uh, wrote this. He said, During the mid-2000s, two psychiatrists on the faculty of the Harvard Business School, Jacqueline Olds and uh, Richard Schwartz, noted that the definition of neighborliness had 
evolved dramatically over several decades. In early post-war period, um, during, or being neighborly meant reaching out to the people that live next door, taking a handmade uh, cake to the family, moving into the house across the street, uh, offering to watch the kids in a pinch, saying hello at an annual block party or inviting acquaintances to join a Wednesday night bowling league. Over the years, however, the term came to denote almost exactly the opposite. Today, being neighborly means leaving those around you in peace. The sense of warmth once suggested by the term has been replaced by a kind of detachment. Do you understand that right now we live in an isolated culture where we believe that community is just not bugging the person next to you. A gospel community comes around people and hurts and pains and is willing to dive into the mess. Same, I'm here with you. See, because when it talks about, like in the, the second verse, like to, to carry one another's burdens, right? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Here's what it's saying. It's saying that there are gonna be weights that you're carrying in life. Just a part of being a part of this world. There are weights, like I don't, I don't know what weights you're carrying in here today, but you, you carry some type of weight in here. And we all carry different weights, but what you find in a gospel community, a people who love Jesus, is, is a willingness to say, I see what you're going through, I'm listening to you, and, and I hear you, and I'm willing to walk in your shoes. I'm willing to come alongside you and start to lift that burden off of you, and we're gonna lift it together. See, that's what, what our family does. But we are so isolated right now and thinking that neighborliness is just not bugging people, that we're not experiencing true gospel com- community. And so we need a work of God. We need the Holy Spirit to do this in our lives where we start to relate and say, you know what, I wanna carry that with you. I'm with you, I'm listening, I'm here for you. I am for you. That's what we need. And so that happens through what God does, right? Bearing one another's burdens. And so um, here's the point. We're talking about burdens. We've got to know this. There is a weight that you and I can't carry. And it's sin. We couldn't carry it. Jesus had to do it for us. And so we're like, okay, we got this community, but how does this thing work? How does this thing work? How does this thing keep going? We got to know the one who carried the burden that we could have never carried, Jesus. And so that's the second point, the gospel motivation. That's where it takes us um, in verses uh, three through five. And so let me read that real quick. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor for each will have to bear his own load. You're like, Randall, where where does that talk about Jesus? Well, here's the thing. What he goes to next is the heart. He goes straight to the heart. He says, okay, there's all this stuff going on over here. There's community, there's people, there's all those things happening. But what about you? What motivates you? What motivates your life? What pushes you forward in life? 
What helps you to know that you're valuable when others tell you that you're not? See, some of us have walked in here really puffed up today, believing that we can do it. Others of us have walked in and we feel like we are torn down and there's no way we could ever do it. But what we find in the gospel is a third way. The third way is not about whether you can do it on your own or whether you could never do it, but it's saying, okay, God, would you do it? Would you do it? Could you do this in my life? Could you do this through me? Is it possible? And the answer is yes, because Jesus did it. And he frees us from feeling like we've got to carry this weight and this burden and all of these things on our strength. See, all through this this book um, of Galatians, I mean, right before in in chapter five, one of the things that the Apostle Paul says is keep in step with the Spirit. And what he's saying is like, God is your strength. Like God is your motivation. God is the one that gets you through. And God is the one that frees you to do great things for him. See, a lot of the times we don't live a free life because we're too busy comparing ourselves to others. Our motivation becomes, well, what are they doing? Or what are they doing? Or how is this gonna work out, right? Keeping up with the Joneses. God gives us this freedom to say, no, 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 you don't have to live that life anymore. You're comparing and contrasting. I, I, I do this uh, class with my wife, um, and she challenged me to do this in uh, body pump at the YMCA. And body pump, you're like, that, that sounds kind of lame, you know, wimps, any of those things. Like, it is tough. Now, I didn't tell my wife this, but the first day when I went in there, I got about 35 minutes in, and um, I told her I had to go to the restroom. (laughs) Now, I didn't tell her why. I was not feeling good. I felt like I was going to throw up because of how much exertion was being put into that class. Over 800 reps are done in this class, right? And so it is really intense. And one of the things now that I've kind of grown in it Right, I feel like I'm kind of getting to that place where I'm like, oh, I got this routine down. I, I'm, I'm a little bit of an expert here. I got this going. Uh, I'm doing a little bit heavier weight. Things are going good for me. Is what I'm starting to do and, and find is that I'm starting to compare myself like, is there some other guys in the class? Oh, oh he's, oh, look at that guy. He's kind of a wimp, you know, like he's not even doing this weight. Like, you know, I'm just kind of, Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, what happens is when I start focusing on other people and what they're doing, I am missing out on what I am supposed to be doing. And I'm being motivated by what they're doing instead of what I need to be doing. And too many times in the church and the way that we operate in our lives is we're too busy looking at, oh, how many reps are they doing over there? Oh, what, what's going on with them? How, how are they getting, they should be doing a little bit more weight. I've been, you know. No. A gospel-motivated heart. Can you believe this? It actually frees you from comparison. From the comparison trap. It motivates you because here's the deal. In the gospel, let me tell you this. They're not... There are churches that won't tell you this. I just want to tell you There are churches that will not tell you. Here's the deal. You are not saved because you tithe. 
or because you give. You are not saved because of that. You are not saved by how many times you attend church. You are not saved by how many times you've served. You are not saved by how many titles you've got and things that you've done in your life. Like, you are not saved by any of those things. You're not saved by how many people you bring to Christ. Here's the scary part. Matthew chapter seven, Jesus says, there are people who do things for me that don't know me. You could do a whole bunch of stuff. But when the gospel comes into your life, here's the deal. You get to this place where you understand that Jesus did it for you. I am saved by grace. Nothing I've done. I have an identity. I have a freedom in Jesus because of everything he's done for me on the cross. And so you are not saved by good works. You are saved for good works. Your motivation becomes, whoa, hold on. Those things that I thought saved me before, I thought I was supposed to give, serve, all these things. Like, I thought that's what, why Jesus loved me. No. He loved you because he loved you. And now, because of his love for you and because of the gospel, you get to do cool things. You get to do good works for him. You get to be a part of being a light in this world. You get to, to live a life where you're not controlled by money, where you're not controlled by have-tos and oughts, because we've wrote, Amanda wrote a blog on that. It's not oughts, it's not have-tos. That's not the life of Christ. How many of us have grown up in the church and thought, well, I, I got, how, I, I, uh, and how many of us have burned out on that too? Because I'll be honest with you, I burn out on church because I wasn't getting much Jesus. And so that's why every week, it's gonna be about Jesus. That's why this right here is all about Christ. I've seen the difference it's made in people's lives. I remember my friend Tommy, who is one of uh, the guys that I, I, I still, is one of my best friends in the world. I remember meeting him for the first time. He was across the street, thought he was kind of an arrogant guy. You know, walk into his car, just so cool. And, um, you know, I'm just judging him over there like, ah, oh, cool guy. And so I remember one day he was outside and I went up to him and talked to him. And uh, I was just like, hey man, how's it going? And, and he ended up being one of the coolest guys and invited him to church with me. And um, he's like, you know, Randall, this, this church thing's cool, but um, I'll never give. And I remember going to the movies with, with him one time and this is how stingy he was. This dude, we were standing in line and he, he doesn't care, I'm telling this, but we're standing in line, it's like one of the first times we're hanging out, and they're like, are you military? It's like, yep. Dude's not military, but he got the military discount, right? And you're like, okay, like, dude, all right, this dude loves money, right? He, he, lo he loves, like, saving money and, and, and all that stuff. He says, Randall, I will go to church with you, I will never give. Today, Tommy Beyer, one of my best friends, is one of the biggest givers and supporters of Grace City. Jesus has changed this man's life. He is not controlled by money anymore, but he is motivated by the gospel and what Jesus has done in his life. He's like, Jesus, whatever, however, whatever you want me to do, Steve will pray with me on the phone, he will talk to me. And so this is a guy who is investing in what we're able to do right now. See, the gospel must motivate you. It's not about comparison traps. It's about knowing that Jesus loves you because he just chose to love you, and it doesn't make sense. 
and it's purely by grace. And we get to do cool things for him. The third uh, point, this is the last one, is gospel growth. It says, let the one who is taught um, the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will reap the flesh, uh, from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows the spirit will reap eternal life. Let's not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. What do we learn from this text? That we can do this on our strength or we can do this on God's strength. And if we do this on our strength, we're gonna reap something and it's not gonna be good. (laughs) It is not gonna be good. But if we sow and we do good on God's strength, on his spirit's power, he's gonna do something bigger than we could have ever imagined. And you're gonna experience it. You're gonna be a part of it. It's gonna be in your life. See, it's a farming analogy. Here's the thing. In farming, you have to wait. And you have to be patient. And there are things that you can do, but there are also things that you can't do. One of the things you can't do is bring the rain. We know that in San Diego, right? You can't bring the rain. God brings the rain. And so today, as Grace City Church, one of the things that we're asking is that we come together and we say, okay, here's who we are, and we are asking God, your spirit, as we sow and we don't give up. Because here's the, the, the temptation is to get sloppy, right? Start throwing seed everywhere. Okay, it doesn't really matter. It's patience. It's trusting. It's believing that he's gonna do it on his timing. I remember when we first started, one of the things that I... I was in the backyard and I was just like discouraged. I was discouraged. One of the things I asked myself was, Lord, am I wasting people's time? I thought the time was a good question. Am I wasting people's time? Like, well, Randall, you can't think like that. Well, I was. And it was real. And God said, no. I'm asking you to be patient and trust me that I'm doing something bigger than you see. And so here's what I want to leave you with today really quickly. The first is three questions. What burdens are you carrying alone? What burdens are you carrying alone? Are you living a neighborly life? Oh, I'm just going to be alone. I'm going to do this on my own. I would ask you, consider joining a city group. Consider checking out one of these open houses. Consider seeing what it looks like and just putting your heart in there and saying, okay, I'm gonna try this. The next question is, what's your motivation in life? Are you motivated by just comparison, the comparison trap? One of my encouragements is, if that's you, One of the books that's freed me the most is one of the resources that's out at that table out there. It's called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. By the end of it, I was weeping because I realized how much I compared myself to other people and I felt like I never measured up. But how Jesus freed me. So we get free resources out there. (laughs) They're not free. You know, they cost money. But we want to give them free to you because... 
We want you to walk out of here equipped for tomorrow and the next day. The next one is this. This is the last question. What are you investing your life in? I want you to get this phrase. Your life is your ministry. Your life is your ministry. It's not just some box on a Sunday morning. Your life is your ministry. God has called all believers to be ministers. And so your life is your ministry, and what are you doing with that? What are you investing in? What's next for Grace City? By God's grace, we will plant a church at the end of the year. And our goal is to raise $15,000 to give to this church plant and to see it come to fruition. I'm gonna be running a half marathon, and I gotta go to Ohio because I'm running it with some other church planners, and you're like, that's really a call from God. It is. To go and run in October when it's gonna be cold in Ohio? Sure, yeah. If you wanna come with me, let's do it. And we will plant our first international church, and we will have our first international mission trip by God's grace. By God's grace, we will continue to love our neighbors in our city, we will love UC. We will love the schools here. We will love the people here. We will love our neighbors. We will love UCD, UCSD campus. We'll do it in Jesus' name. By God's grace, we will raise up the next generation. Do you know right now that we are one generation away from our kids not knowing the sweetness of the gospel? Right, like... I look at the UK and the, the, the way that we started in faith and now there's no faith there. Do you know that's where we're headed as a nation? Our kids need to know Jesus. We need to help them to know the real Jesus, not a church Jesus, like the real Jesus. And there are certain things that you can do to do that. Maybe by investing in this kid's ministry. By saying, you know what, I wanna start a young life here at UC High School because that's what we're praying for right now. We will raise up the next generation. We will be committed to that. We will invest in students at InterVarsity and different ministries and the students that are at UCSD campus because that's where God's placed us here. And by God's grace, we will be a house of prayer. Any powerful movement of God started with prayer and continues with prayer. It's not about our strength. It's about his strength. It is about asking for him to do the impossible. See, I had a conversation with one of my friends about how impossible it is for this vision to happen. It's impossible for Grace City Church to keep going. It's impossible for the vision to happen. But isn't it cool to be a part of a vision that's impossible? Because then we get to see what God does through it. He gets to do the impossible through us. See, what it, would it look like if our city was changed by Jesus? It looks like what my friend Johnny was praying the other day as I saw him say that UCSD goes up in the rankings every year. But he says, what does it look like for depression on that campus? What does it look like for fear? What does it look like for people feeling like they're not worth anything? He says, 
What if the joy of that campus rose in this city? What if the freedom just rose in this city and where there could be creativity and just great work that's happening, not because they're comparing themselves to others, but because they're free because of Jesus? What happens throughout our city if that happens? A changed city, changed lives. God, may that be for our city. Let's pray. Father, you are doing something much bigger here than what we can do. And so, God, I pray that we are motivated by the gospel. We are motivated by gospel growth and um, just a difference in only what you can do, not what we can do. God, thank you for loving us through it all. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.